Have you ever said to yourself, if I can just get people on the phone with me, I know I can make the sale. The problem is getting them to that phone call in the first place. I hear this all the time when I'm on a call with a potential client, and it tells me two very important things. Number one, it tells me what they are doing is tremendously valuable. And when they're talking with someone one-on-one, they are very skilled at communicating the value their business is creating for that other person. So that is something to celebrate, right? That is a success. And it also tells me, point number two, what they are saying during the sales call is being lost in translation in their marketing. And that's why it's so hard to get people to book the consult in the first place. Their sales messaging is not translating into a marketing message that people find compelling. But why does it happen? Why can't we translate what we say on a sales call to another human being into that brilliant marketing message? The answer is found in the environment, the environment where we are communicating about our business. This is episode three of four on playing the game of communication. And today we are exploring the true conditions of communication. Or another way to think about this is what needs to happen in order to get our message heard, understood, and acted on. Well, that's what we're talking about on this episode of the podcast. So let's dive in. listening to the Rebel Uprising podcast. This podcast is dedicated to helping passionate business owners become recognized leaders who make more money and impact the world by turning their messy, complicated ideas into thriving thought leadership businesses. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Mazer, and I'll be your no BS guide in the art of building a business that gets noticed. Each week, I share strategies, tools, and insights on how to turn your complicated ideas into great messaging and solid business structures. Are you ready to create an uprising in your industry? Let's do this. Picture it, 1999. I'm standing in front of a classroom teaching 30 undergraduate students the most basic model of communication. Are they bored? You bet they are. But this model has some implications for you as a business owner today. So the Shannon and Weaver model of communication, which came out in 1949, so many years ago, basically says that when we communicate, you have a sender who encodes a message, sends it through a channel, then it's received by the receiver and decoded. And voila, you've exchanged meaning with another human being. You have communicated. Or if we are marketing, we hopefully had our message seen, heard, understood, and even acted on. Except there's a little something that Shannon and Weaver call noise. And noise happens in 
the channel, right? It is the distractions. But also, there can be issues with the encoding of the message. So we might screw up how we say it, or the receiver takes it in and completely misunderstands the message we're telling them. So let's put this in some marketing terms. You write an Instagram post for your business. You post it on IG where there is a lot of noise. And by noise, I mean cat videos baby goat videos, and even wombats of Instagram, which is super cute. If you like chonky cats, you are definitely going to like wombats of Instagram. I'm just telling you. And because cute animals grab people's attention and makes them feel good, your message gets passed over and never received by the intended recipient. Or even if it is received, it might not be understood because you are not speaking the language of your potential client. It's over their heads or their own cat distracts them and they never finish reading your post. Now, do you see why people can be amazing at sales conversations, but struggle with marketing to many people? In a one-to-one conversation, we have so many opportunities to check to see if the other person is understanding, to ask questions. The person can ask questions of us. We can watch their body language if we're on a Zoom call to see how they're reacting, how they're feeling. And if we get distracted, something happens, your cat barfs, your kid comes in the room naked, like all of these things have happened during sales conversations that I've had. (laughs) It's easier to get the person back on track. When we are playing the game of marketing, we have to be aware of all the obstacles built into the system that the platforms, whether it's social media or email or our websites or whatever else, have built into that marketing environment. Those obstacles actually distract people from your message. Think of it this way. Remember the game Donkey Kong, the giant ape on the top of a big wooden pyramid who stole Mario's girlfriend and then keeps throwing barrels at Mario so he can't climb to the top and rescue her. So I fucking hated Donkey Kong because the obstacles were just too much. They just got into my way and I'd get frustrated and I'd give up. And oh my gosh, I hear this all the time from people with their marketing, right? There's just too many obstacles and it's easier to give up, try just to rely on word of mouth than doing all of the activities of marketing. So I get your frustration if your marketing isn't working. And with modern marketing, there's more obstacles than some flaming barrels. And our goal with marketing is persuasion, right? We're making an argument for our work. We're leading people to our work. So that makes marketing even a trickier environment with more obstacles. And this leads me to the two questions you have to answer yes to in order to receive and be persuaded or open to persuasion. 
And these questions were identified by Petty and Cacioppo in 1964 for their elaboration likelihood model. They say that in order for lasting persuasion to occur, we have to answer yes to two questions when we are the receiver of a persuasive message. The first one is, am I motivated to process this message? The second question is, am I able to process this message? So let's look at the motivation question first. Think for a moment, what motivates you to read something on an internet, whether it's a website or an email or a social media post? It's most likely relevant to you. The other person, they get you, they articulate something that you've been struggling to say, they helped identify a problem, they made you feel good, but they're saying something that is deeply relevant and resonates with you. Number two, you actually have genuine interest in the topic. So for example, Bitcoin. I have no interest in learning about Bitcoin. Like I give you all the props in the world if you are into Bitcoin and NFTs. Those marketing messages for me are always just ignored, right? So we have to have a genuine interest in it. Like we want to be learning something or maybe there's a problem we have to solve or we're looking for how to articulate our message, right? And the final part is that there's some type of urgent need. And I don't mean fake scarcity. I mean that they see this as if you're a business owner, they see it as the next problem they need to tackle in their business and they're looking for solutions, right? That is a type of urgency. And then for the second question, ability to process the message, this is harder for you to control. Lots of things like cat videos and wombats can mess with our ability to process a message, even if we are motivated. And I want you to think about if you're tired, like you are not going to be able to process a message, make a critical decision about your business, right? So all of a sudden that avenue to persuasion is shut down because you need more sleep. So how can you work to remove some of the obstacles to get your message heard and acted on, especially when we are marketing and it's going from one person, us, the business owner, to many people? So the first thing is you have to be clear on your message, full stop. This is 100% your responsibility and a swipe file, a template is not going to do it for you. Remember, Shannon and Weaver said in their model that the first stop in communication is actually you encoding, crafting, creating the message that is going to be heard by someone else. So if your message isn't up to snuff, then get clear on your message. Make sure it is relevant and resonates with your ideal client. And speaking of your ideal client, number two is understand your people. When I work with someone, one of the things we create is a client empathy map. And this details what the potential client is thinking, seeing, feeling, hearing, saying the things they've tried before, what they're struggling with, and what they want. 
So we have a clear picture of what real people, not an ideal client avatar, are saying. And when you know how they're talking about what it is you do or the problem that you help people with, oh my gosh, it makes it so much easier to write copy and to write emails that are relevant to your audience. So you've really got to understand the receiver of your message. It's where all messaging work should start. Number three, say something different. Oh my gosh. According to the book, Seven and a Half Lessons About the Brain by Lisa Feldman Barrett, when our brain sees the same message over and over again, you know what it does? It decides to conserve energy and it stops paying attention. So if your message sounds like anyone else's out there or everyone else's out there. And if you need some hints on messaging that everybody is saying, go check out my episode on the top messages of 2021 that I released back in February. Because you want to be able to stand out, to grab attention, to make your message relevant to someone else. And the way to do that is to remember that you've got something unique to say. Now, obviously, the three Word Rebellion book is a great start for this. And it's great for not only finding that one-of-a-kind message that encapsulates the change you want to create, but also the exercises help you identify what you want to take a stand against and what you're standing for. And this is the place where you can plant your flag, where you can be interesting and unique. And finally, repeat yourself. No, seriously, repeat yourself. I know I've talked about this before, but it is so important. And here's why. According to market research firm Yankelvich, the daily number of marketing messages that one person sees is about 5,000. We see 5,000 marketing messages a day. So you are one 5,000 messages that they are going to see. Now, there are some other experts who disagree. Some people say that we actually see more like 10,000 marketing messages a day, although I couldn't find a source citation for this outside of like digital marketing experts say, but we'll just go with the 5,000 because that's a really large number. So you are competing with a lot of marketing messages. So you need to repeat yourself and you need to not just repeat any random thing or just show up to be consistent, but you have to stay on message. If you want to make your message synonymous with your name, your message synonymous with your business, it is about repeating yourself over and over and over again. And I did an episode about why this is good and why it can actually be fun that we will hook up in the show notes. But in order to have your message seen and heard, it's all about putting it out there over and over again. And finally, the rebel truth here, to actually communicate to exchange something meaningful with another human being while you're playing the game of marketing, you've got to be way more intentional with how you're talking about your business. You've got to understand the obstacles that you are up against 
and how the words you use can help you overcome some of those obstacles. You have to understand what makes you unique so that your business is just not one of 5,000 marketing messages and understand what strengths you bring to the business because this is very much a part of the way you can stand out. And speaking of strengths, that's what we're going to be looking at in the final installment of playing the game of communication, identifying your strengths as a player in this game of marketing and how can you use those strengths to your advantage to stand out, to get your message to the people who really need you. Thank you for listening all the way to the end of the show. Your support means the world to me. Did you know the Rebel Uprising podcast has a quiz that can help you pinpoint the number one way to build an audience of superfans while staying true to your unique personality? We do, and it's called What's Your Rebel Roadmap to Exponential Impact and Influence? And you can take it at therebelquiz.com. If you're loving the podcast, do us a favor, rate and leave us a quick five-star review wherever you listen to your podcasts. It helps more people like you find the show. Until next week, remember, your ideas matter. And now get back out there and cause an uprising in your industry. You got this.